If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. your daily dose of Donna. Welcome to the show. Today is Thursday, December 7th. Also tonight is the first night of Hanukkah. So happy Hanukkah to all of those that celebrate. We will be celebrating tonight. We're going to my mom's house, the whole family. Um, The kids love Hanukkah. How could you not love eight full days of presents? Thank you, Amazon. Thank you, Amazon, for so much, especially we're going to get into why Amazon really hooked it up last night at the Jeff Lewis premiere party, which was so, so, so much fun. Um, we're going to talk all about that. I know you guys have definitely been uh, checking out my Instagram and Instagram stories about all the people I met. We're going to talk all about that. And then, of course, I have the showrunner and executive producer, Michael Beck, coming on the show in just a little bit. And he gives us some, you know, some behind the scenes stuff and some good housewives drama. <sighs> Some good housewife stuff. In the meantime, I am, I'm tired. I told you guys yesterday, I was like, I know we're going to go out tomorrow and I know what's going to happen. I'm going to, you know, or tonight, yesterday. And I know tomorrow is going to be a struggle. And it really was a struggle today for a variety of reasons. It always happens this way. I had a Dumois. I was on Dumois this morning. The episode will air sometime like in December, I think like when Christmas vacation, basically when she, um, will release it, but it's a Disney, like a Disney stars episode. Um, so I did that this morning and in the middle of it, my internet crapped out and I was like, wait, what is going on? Well, turns out the entire neighborhood was out for just a little bit. We had like an AT&T issue and it was a big, big issue. (laughs) It was a big problem. So I am very, very grateful that um, it's been ratified and here we are. Here we are. You know, nothing says, you know, bootstrapping your own podcast and YouTube show from from your home than an internet issue that just takes you out. So of course, today's show is sponsored by Kitsch. Thank you so much, Kitsch, for sponsoring Daily Dose of Donna. You knew that I'm a big fan of Kitsch. I've talked about it now for a few days. 
I really do believe Kitsch is the best when it comes to like really cool tools, um, heat, like heatless uh, styling tools. I just used my little towel that really dries my hair really fast. They have heatless curling um, rolls that you can sleep in. They have all the cutest scrunchies. They have the best face masks. You guys know I sleep with face masks every night. So I love a Kitsch face mask. They make great presents also, by the way. It's, it's just like a very budget-friendly kind of universal products for anyone. So it's like whatever your budget, your skin type, your hair, kind like the kind of hair you have, your hair type. Kitsch believes you deserve little indulgences at affordable prices morning, noon, and night. So maybe you've seen the satin pillowcases. That's really good for your wrinkles. The caps, eye masks, they're all great for your hair and your skin while you sleep. Um, there's also these shampoo bars that I need to buy because I have so many bottles of shampoo. Why not like try a shampoo bar and see if it will actually make my hair even look better. And now they have a Barbie, whole Barbie line, a Barbie by Kitsch collection. And it features Kitsch's best-selling satin pillowcases in iconic Barbie pink. So right now, Kitsch is offering you 30% off your entire order at mykitsch.com slash Donna. That's right. 30% off anything and everything at mykitsch. That's K-I-T-S-C-H dot com slash Donna. That's D-A-N-A, of course. One more time, mykitsch.com slash 30%. Uh, sorry, mykitch.com slash Donna for 30% off your order. Uh, you guys, I just saw some pretty crazy news and I feel like I have to share it with you guys here because I was just at Dancing with the Stars on Tuesday night. And on um, on Tuesday, you know, of course, that was the finale and that was one of the judges is Derek Huff. I've talked to you guys about my love for Derek. And his wife... Haley was also there and she was sitting right in front of me. She was at the table with Lisa Vanderpump. Well, he just posted like within minutes ago, he posted that, I guess they went directly to Washington, D.C. because they do this live dance tour. And it says at the end of last night's tour performance in Washington, D.C., my wife Haley became disoriented and was taken to a hospital. She was diagnosed with a cranial hematoma from a burst blood vessel and required an emergency craniectomy does not sound easy. It's an emergency surgery. She's in stable condition. Um, I don't know exactly what is next, but I, I've heard from a couple people about it that it's definitely not an easy fix. I mean, an easy recovery, especially with their schedules and like, you know, everything that they're doing in terms of their, uh, I mean, they travel, they're like dancers, they go live on tour. Um, it is kind of scary. It's a high-risk emergency brain surgery. I don't really know specifically what it is, but I'm just glad that they found it. What's unbelievable is I was just watching her yesterday or Tuesday thinking, oh my gosh, this woman is so insanely stunning. She's got the best, I know this is like superficial sounding, but she really does have the best dancer's body, like just gorgeous. And she just holds herself at such a nice, um, in such a nice demeanor. She's so kind from what I saw. So like, this is really a bummer. She's also so young. Oof, I hate stories like that. I really hope that they're going to be okay and that everything is going to be fine. Um, also in the news today is the whole story about Shannon and John Jansen, which per perfectly works into my night last night. You guys, I went to the Jeff Lewis Hollywood House Lift premiere party. Um, it was Hollywood House Lift 
season two premiere party held by Amazon Freebie. And it was over at the Sunset Tower Hotel, which is a gorgeous hotel. And it is, um, it was at the Tower Bar. Funny story, that hotel, I want to say, and I could be wrong, but I feel like it used to be called the Argyle when I was in high school. And I spent many a New Year's Eve in rooms at the Argyle. It's right across the street from Saddle Ranch. It's down the street from Comedy Store. Um, if you guys are familiar at all with Sunset Boulevard. So it's a great location. Lance came with me. We went to dinner first. We went to sushi and then we went over there. And let me tell you, Amazon knows how to throw a party because the location is phenomenal. It's the prettiest, prettiest place you've ever seen. Like there's a gorgeous pool in the back, like overlooking the city because you're a little bit above just being up there on Sunset Boulevard. And it is, you know, just a uh, a phenomenal, phenomenal location. Um, drinks aplenty. Could you expect anything less for a Jeff Lewis event? And they had past hors d'oeuvres. I didn't pay attention at all to the food because I was very busy talking to everyone, making sure I got to meet and see as many people as I possibly could. And um, we had just eaten. So I'm glad I did that. But when we walked in, <laughs> when we walked, I'm just trying to like place exactly how it all went down. We walked in to the left was the red carpet. We got there about like 7.20. So we got there about 20 minutes after the party had started, but it was packed. Like everyone was there on time. And then we walked to the right and to the right was like the bar in the main area. And then you could go back towards the back where they have like a restaurant more. And then in the back um, was the outdoors. So we immediately walked in. The first person I saw was Justin Martindale. Went right up to him, gave him such a big hug, met Evan, his um, his lover, his lover, and saw him. I mean, I saw so many people. If you go on Instagram, I'll tell you who I saw. I saw immediately, I mean, Monica Casey, who I love and adore. She's wonderful. Ryan Bailey from So Bad It's Good. Speaking of, I also met finally in person Kiki Monique from The Talk of Shame. And she also does reality checks sometimes. She's wonderful. I absolutely love her. Um, pictures with them on my Instagram, of course. I then got to uh, go to, let me think. Okay. Oh, I was right there. And I'm going to give you guys all the real, real details and conversations on Patreon. I'm going to record it right after this. So, uh, make sure to subscribe if you really want to know like super like, you know, detailed conversations. Let me think who else. Some of the housewives of OC, I got to see Kelly. Um, I got to see, first I saw Vicky, talked to Vicky for a while. Um, then I saw Shannon and then right, and then Jen Pedranti and her boyfriend, Ryan, you guys remember from OC. And then I saw Kelly Dodd and Rick and we had words. I'll share that later. I thought, they were so kind and so sweet. And I know that Kelly Dodd is a uh, controversial character. Well, aren't they all? Aren't they all? I mean, you can't say Jeff Lewis. You can't say Kelly Dodd. You can't say Vicki Gumbelson without someone saying, I hate that person. But I guess that makes a really good reality star. Um, I did end up talking to Kelly Dodd about a couple of things. That will be an interesting conversation for later. But that reminds me because Kelly Dodd, I know, talks about the Blooming Face Pro. And so my second sponsor for today's episode is is the Blue Mean Face Pro Plus. I talked about this yesterday. I have to just like keep screaming it to the rooftops because I know you guys always say, what is that one face tool that you use? So the Blue Mean Face Pro Plus is an amazing, like really affordable, especially with my discount code because you're going to get $70 off, which is basically half off for the first hundred people. So you got to make sure you get in there before it uh, sells out. This is a great stocking stuffer. This is a great gift for your mom, for your sister, 
for your daughters, for your friends. It's really like why why I love it so much is because it's number one, I've only charged it like one time. <laughs> it holds a charge forever. You have all these different um you know, lights that you can use. And what's cool about it is you can put it up on your skin and it really, after about three minutes of usage, if you hear the vibration, you know, I love a vibration. That's what she said. Anyway, it really tones your jawline. It increases and like promotes product, product penetration. That's a tongue twister. It's really, really good for fine lines, for wrinkles, for most importantly, thank you, thumbs up, most importantly, the uh, the toning, especially after last night because I did eat sushi and drink some alcohol and you know you wake up a little bloated the next day. I really like kind of just the, the ease of it and I feel like I'm doing something good for my skin as you know, I get to multitask because you're not connected to any cords. And like I said, it's affordable. You guys don't, you, I don't spend a lot of money on things at all. I am a little bit of like a, oh, can I get that for cheaper or it's not worth it, you know? But I do think my skin is really important. That's why I did spend money on a facial a couple weeks ago. But this is nice that I can just work on things and promoting circulation and all those things at home. So make sure to go to bluemean.com slash daily dose Donna. That's D-A-N-A. When you have a chance, make sure to check it out. You can get a free ebook with it. It will ship to you. There is a, you know, a money back guarantee if, you, if you're not happy with it. You will like this product. I will promise you that. Trust me on that one. So go to bloomingcom slash daily dose Donna. Okay, back to the party. So Kelly Dodd, the reason why I thought about that right then and brought it up is because Kelly Dodd also promotes it and she is legitimately stunning. Like, legit stunning in real life. Actually, all these women are. You guys, all these people are so pretty. It's crazy. Um, A little bit later, I was talking to someone, I can't remember who, and all of a sudden Lance is like, Donna, Chris Hansen. So Lance goes over to, you know, Chris Hansen from To Catch a Predator. So he's a recurring chump. He'll, He'll go on Jeff's show a little bit. And, and so Lance said to him at the bar, oh my gosh, I'm sorry. You look just like Chris Hansen. And Chris is like, I'm Chris Hansen. So I talked to Chris and his wife for a while. They were so kind, so sweet. Um, really, really like them. They're total chumps. They love Jeff Lewis. I got to meet Joey Zauzig. I got to see Patrick and Paul again, took a picture, talked to them just about their coffee readings and how amazing everyone says they are. Um, a little bit later, I saw Paige. It was funny. I was like, you got my BravoCon ticket because I sold her my BravoCon ticket. She's gorgeous. Kristen Takeman, she was with her. Sarah from Jeff Lewis Obsessed. Sarah in Texas, she and I got to hug, take a picture. She was wonderful um, and looked beautiful. She got glammed up for the event. I got to see Lauren Lake, Judge Lauren, out of order. Um, And then, of course, like the whole time I was like, I got to meet Jeff. I got to meet Jeff. And then I saw Michael Beck right outside when I went outside. And then I was like, there's Jeff. And I was zeroing in gotta meet Jeff. If I don't, if I come to Jeff Lewis's premiere party and I don't get to have a chance to say hello to Jeff Lewis, it's the point, right? So I went up to him and as I'm talking to him, um, Monroe came up and that was so cute. Uh, she is so cute. You guys, I got to meet Lisa, the nanny, um, and did meet Jeff. He was very kind, very handsome, took a picture together. And then I'm trying to think of like any, Oh, Ronald, from jury duty because it was an Amazon event. And when I saw Ronald, I was like, you've got to be, this is amazing. 
It's the best thing I've ever seen. Ronald from Jury Duty is here. So, uh, and it, it's so funny because in the DMs, like you guys really like the fact that Ronald was there. He seemed to, he was having a fun time, if you know what I mean. Um, anyone else that's like, I'm sure I'm, I'm forgetting people. Of course, Megan was there. Doug Bunin. I got to see Amy Phillips and Jameson. I'm sure I'm forgetting people, but it was a wonderful, Tracy Tudor from Million Dollar Listing. Everyone was there. I mean, so many of Jeff's people from, you know, now and before were there, Carney Wilson. It was really cool. And just to be there and to recognize people and to connect with people that I've been DMing with and just, you know, seeing online. Fortune Femester, obsessed. I love Fortune so much. She's so kind. And Zach Noe Towers was so exactly what you would expect, like if you listen to the show. It was just very cool. So I know between Dancing with the Stars on Tuesday and then yesterday, Hollywood Houselift premiere, uh, you guys are going to be like, wow, Donna, you're just like talking about how amazing everyone is. Listen, I've got some stories. I will share it a little bit later on the Patreon. But in general, people are really nice. Like I have to say, and I would tell you if I thought someone was like an awful human being, but I didn't have that experience. So I'll give you guys a few of the kind of, some conversations did get a little bit dicey, but I will talk about that a little bit later. Um, in the meantime, let's talk first a little bit about uh, Real Houses of Beverly Hills. So I just watched it this morning. And the episode basically picks up from the end of the dazed and confused, you know, CBD THC dinner, right? So it starts there and it kind of picks up in the middle of all the drama, right? Where Sutton and, and Garcelle are saying like, what's going on with your marriage to Kyle? She's getting really offended, really upset. And then it quickly turns into um, Denise and going after Erica. And let me tell you, we saw a second of it last week. You have not seen anything like Denise at this dinner. A hundred percent, I am not a doctor and I'm definitely not speaking from, you know, any confirmation or knowledge of it, but a hundred percent, in my opinion, she is on something and it ain't like she and Meredith Marks maybe took the same things. If you know what I mean? Like my vibe is not drunk. It did not feel drunk. Drunk to me feels like, I don't know. It's the slur. It's the like slow slur as Denise is talking, that gives me those kind of potential pill vibes. Maybe like a Xanax situation. I don't know. I'm not someone, I really don't like taking anything pill wise. Even when I was pregnant, I mean, after I had the baby and I had C-sections and I was in so much pain, I tried to take a Vicodin, I think. And I think it was a Vicodin. It was like one of those. And I never ever want to feel that way again. I hated it. I felt like I was out of my body and I was nauseous. It wasn't for me. Um, give me a few drinks. I'm good, but I, I don't like, and I also don't like edibles. We've talked about this before. Now, speaking of, so Denise is going off on Erica, but not explaining why. Uh, you know what you did, Erica. And, she, and Erica, bless Erica's heart this season. She's coming off phenomenal. I'm sorry. I don't understand what you mean, Denise. Now, it's possible that like her manager was like, if you want this Live Nation residency in Vegas, Erica, you better get your shit together and just act completely kind and nice. I don't know, but whatever she's doing is working. Is it still Lent? She's still not fighting with anyone. Anyway, it was an amazing uh, display for Erica because she basically could not, you can't communicate with Denise in, under those circumstances. It was unreal. Denise then, you know, so they have that conversation. Then next thing you know, Sutton is lighting up a joint. 
I thought to myself, this is so like the fact that she's able to do it and, and Kyle doesn't care is two, two reasons. Number one, we all know, at least I know that marijuana doesn't stay in your house. The smell of it. If you're smoking, um, a joint or which I've never smoked a joint in a, in my house, like ever, but I know people do, but if you're smoking anything, marijuana, the smell dissipates really fast. If it's a cigarette inside, it would ruin like the smell of your home. It gets into the carpet and the walls and the furniture. So I was not that shocked that she like lit up in the house, especially because Kyle lives with Mauricio. And I'm sorry, if we don't think that Mauricio is absolutely high every single time we talk to him, you know? Um, so yeah, I don't, I didn't think that was a big deal, but Crystal was funny. She's like, this is so hypocritical. One minute, you know, Sutton is running out of Magic Mike for being half naked men, for there being half naked men. And now she's smoking a joint at a table. I think everyone was high. Everyone was a little bit like on an upper or a downer, God knows what. So it was a little bit of a weird dinner, but obviously it didn't go very well for Sutton and Kyle, you know, Kyle got very upset. She's the episode starts with her yelling and saying like, I cannot afford to be depressed right now. And two glasses of wine depresses me. I get it. I totally get it. If you're going through a really hard time and you're leaning on alcohol to get you out of those feelings, all it does is like increase those feelings. So I think that Kyle's making a really smart move by not drinking. If she's struggling with anything in her life, anxiety, depression, struggles in her marriage, you know, whatever. However, the issue is not the alcohol, obviously. The issue is the marriage that Sutton just can't spit out. And that is annoying to watch because Sutton keeps kind of skirting around the issue. And Kyle knows exactly what Sutton is trying to get at, but is like so mad at her for it. But let me ask you a question. You know my feelings, okay? You know that I think that Kyle treats Sutton very differently than everyone else. Dorit asked Kyle in the car a few episodes ago on the way to the pretty woman date night, Dorit asked Kyle, um, are you and Mo okay? It was being filmed. It was on the show. There was a camera in the car. Kyle knows this. Why, why is it okay for Dorit to straight up ask, how are you guys doing? And not okay for Sutton to say the same. Is it because Sutton's not saying, how are you and Mo doing? Is it because she's saying like, what's going on with your marriage or like what's happening? I don't know. I just find it to be a little hypocritical of Kyle because I think that if you're putting it out there that you and your husband are having a hard time, why can't your friends question it? Or do you think it's about the Morgan weight of it? And in reality, Sutton is like, well, what's going on with you and Morgan? But doesn't want to say that. And that's why Kyle's getting so offended. Now, we find out a little bit later in the dinner party that Sutton has a really strong relationship with Kathy. Well, we've known this, Kathy Hilton. And at this point in the show, or at this point in, in real life, Kyle and Kathy were not on speaking terms, which happens to be during the same time that Paris and Love is being shot because Phoenix was just born. We hear about the baby a little bit later in the episode. And of course, during that show, Kyle is nowhere to be found on Paris and Love because she has no relationship with the with the Hilton side because she and Kathy are struggling. I can see for Paris that that, I mean, for Kyle, that that would be a heavy, high trigger. And maybe that's why she doesn't like Sutton because she's just not happy with the fact that she's friends with Kathy. But Sutton went low, went real low and said, you've already lost two sisters. 
do you want to lose a third? Number one, we've already learned last week that Kyle thinks that Sutton is flattering herself by calling her a sister. And number two, that is fucked up. That was a messed up comment and Sutton shouldn't have said it. But remember at this point, they've already now gone back and forth. Sutton's been yelled at. Kyle's been, you know, upset and hurt. Kyle said things that were really mean, like insinuated the drinking and insinuated the fact that Sutton doesn't eat. Sutton's insinuated, you know, things about her marriage. So they're very clearly upset and just like trying to hurt each other. That is clear. Now, let's talk about this esophagus. Okay. I I had a little esophageal issues in my own life, like acid re- reflux, and I have that, um, I don't know, maybe that's a sphincter. I don't actually know what it's called, but it's the, the flap that allows that like closes your esophagus off. And when that doesn't, isn't a strong muscle, that's when you tend to get acid reflux. So I don't know specifically what's going on with Sutton, but I do believe, I don't remember her saying she has a small esophagus. I think Kyle heard that she said she has a small esophagus. I think that she feels that she has, I'm going to Google it, small esophagus. It's the first thing that comes up. Okay, so there's an esophageal stricture. It's an abnormal, yeah, it's a tightening or narrowing of the esophagus. I don't really understand why Anna Marie, Anna Marie, who's a anesthesiologist, was so shocked by this idea. I've heard this before. There are people that struggle with esophageal, like the food does not go down easily and it makes them feel like they can't breathe or that they're going to choke. And they struggle struggle with dysphagia. Phagia, I could be saying that wrong, meaning difficulty in swallowing. This may manifest as a sensation of food sticking or feeling like it's not, um, you know, going down. I'm sorry, but to me, if this is actually the case with Sutton, which it sure sounds like it would be, because why would you lie about that? I wouldn't want to be eating on camera. She probably like sticks to a very like liquid-ish type diet. I don't know. You guys, I'm not Sutton's doctor, but I just th- I thought that was strange that like Kyle made such a big joke out of that later, like thinking it's so funny. So that's the problem is that if anyone else, if this, if Kyle was anyone else, like even Crystal or something, you know, there's certain people that really don't meddle as much in other people's business, but we all have seen the show now for so many seasons. Kyle is the first person to want to know other people's drama in the show. She is not like, you know, too big or better than learning all the drama and the insider and the gossip and what's really happening behind the scenes. Kyle knows exactly what she's doing on that show. She's constantly trying to get the scoop of what's happening between everyone. So why this is upsetting to me is like, it feels a little bit like, well, it just feels hypocritical, right? You cannot expect that one season you're going to go so far into finding out like the Denise Richards and Brandy Glanville stuff or the, you know, Lisa Vanderpump stuff or whatever, like so many things over so many years. But this one time that you're being questioned is not okay. It doesn't, it doesn't feel correct to me. It feels unfair. And, um, I don't know. I don't know. I don't I I do feel bad for Kyle because I could see she's really upset by it, but I also don't think it's it's warranted that she's allowed to be on a reality show and be that secretive all of a sudden when she's openly, you know, having scenes with her husband that looks like she wants to, you know, throw him into a pool. 
you can't have it both ways. You can't talk about the fact that your marriage is struggling at a retreat, treat your husband very, very cold in scenes, and then get upset when someone asks what's going on in your marriage. It feels a little bit hypocritical. Um, anything else that like really, well, Kim Richards made an appearance. She looked great. She showed up for a, a hike with Dorit and Kyle and it was very sweet. Clearly, you know, they were getting emotional because she was referring to the fact that Kyle and Kathy don't have a relationship at this moment. Oh, earlier Sutton was saying, you know, Kyle was mad at Sutton because she's basically saying, you're not telling the honest truth about the way my sister is about Kathy when you know. And Sutton shared it with everyone saying she's talking about the fact that I once had um, an altercation with Kathy. She was upset that I didn't stick up for her and she was very, very nasty to me on a phone call. And so I told Kyle, I understand what you're going through. We all know my feelings on big, on not big, on Kathy from Paris in Love. Like we're seeing a side of Kathy that is not hunky-dory, right? I feel like Kathy's first season was just so fun and so light and so like cute And then her second season started to show some holes in that. And then now after Paris in Love, I'm like, oh, she's not an easy woman at all. Um, We also see, we also see a scene between Dorit and PK. Babe, babe, baby, baby, will you get me tea? Baby, babe, babe, baby, baby. That's all they should do is just sing that song. Um, They had a conversation all about... um, homeschooling their kids, which I personally don't think is a good idea, but I didn't like the way that, so like I understood PK's side because I think school is important if you can, if your kids can go to school. Um, But at the same time, I didn't like the way way PK was talking to Dorit. Like, it's not going to happen. Do you understand? It's not going to happen. Do you? I can't do the Cockney accent or whatever he has. Babe, Um, PK. So anyway, Dorita's, I, I really like Dorit this season. I don't know why. I really do like her. Anne Marie is like, eh, not really feeling it yet. It's coming in a little too hot. Um, okay. I think that about does it. I will watch Miami later today and I will be, uh, you know, showing you guys my, or like talking about it tomorrow along with some other things, Southern Charm and some other stories. Um, Thank you so much, everyone, for being here. And I hope you enjoy my interview with Michael. He's so fantastic. He really is a special dude. And I hope you guys enjoy him and like him as much as me. And then listen to his stories about Freebie, about the show on Amazon Freebie, Hollywood House Lift, which premiered this week. New episodes are every single Wednesday. Here is Michael Beck. Welcome, Michael Beck, to Daily Dose of Donna. I am so excited to finally have you here. Thank you for being here. Yeah, I'm excited to be here. Ever since I met you, I've been like kind of dying to like come on your show. So thanks for having me. I know. I, I told everyone, I said, you know, sometimes when you meet people for the first time, um, it like conversation kind of just like doesn't really flow. You're kind of looking at your watch. You're like, oh, how do I get out of here? I didn't feel that with you. I was like, can we just live together and talk all day long? We were like too comfortable because it was like we just stayed there for hours, and then you got me telling you stories that are like you know very close to us. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm giving too much. But um, yeah, it was so fun. I had such a good time with you. 
You know, I have heard that about me and I'm sure you have the same thing where we have this like comfortability, com- comfortability where people just open up to us mm-hmm. and maybe tell us too much. And, but everything you told me for the most part, for the most part yeah. is vault. Yeah. Although we do need to talk a little bit about what you've been doing up until now. I mean, Michael, you guys, he's a showrunner and executive producer on Hollywood Houselift currently. The second season of Jeff Lewis's Amazon freebie show, it premiered yesterday, Wednesday the 6th, and um, it's so good. The first two episodes, I think, are already available. Yeah, the first two episodes dropped yesterday, and then every Wednesday from here on out, an episode will drop, Um, and it's 10 episodes total. That's it? Give us more. No, I know. Tell the folks at Freebie we want more. Amazon, are you listening? I love you, Amazon. I use you all the time. Um, Yeah, no, it's so good. I think I think why I love it so much as someone that has always been a Jeff Lewis fan from Flipping Out days and back. Did you ever watch Flipping Out, by the way? I So I hadn't until I started working on the show and I was like, okay, I got to get to know Jeff. I got to get to know like who he is. So I went back and started watching some old episodes and I can see obviously why people are obsessed with him. Um, yeah. And people are obsessed with him. They either like love, love, love him, or they just like love to hate him, which we'll take both. We'll take all viewers. Okay. We're going to talk about the polarizing factor of Jeff Lewis, because that is top of mind. When you think of Jeff Lewis, you're definitely, he is literally, he splits people in the middle. He's so polarizing. And I think it's, it's for his favor. Like, I think it's amazing for him, but when I watched Flipping Out years and years ago, I mean, I don't even know what year that was that that premiered, but early 2000, no, mid 2000, like five? Yeah, like mid 2000, I think like 2005, 2006 or something like that. Because it was on yeah. for 11, 11 seasons. My God. Yeah, it was on forever. So I remember mm-hmm. loving it so much because I had a boss that um, when I was a casting director, well, I was a casting associate at the time and he was Jeff Lewis. And I remember feeling like, I understand Jenny Poulos and I understand like these people that work under him because you never knew what you were going to get. And that was the best part about watching Flipping Out. I loved it so much. And Hollywood House lived so far on these first two episodes. What I love the best is that if you listen to his radio show on Sirius Radio, you're like seeing things play out, like getting the dog and even the silly macaroons. Like he's talking about those macaroons that he gets at the Jewish bakery and on episode two. He talked about that all the time on the radio show. So I love that you guys are capturing like the stories that we've been listening to. You finally get to see his spray tan in action. Uh, right. I don't want to see it. I don't want to see it happen live because we've heard about the spray tan. Right. He talked about it on radio so much. And then finally you're seeing the show and you're like, wow, you can tell right when he's at a spray tan. <laughs> but I think that's the fun part about the show is like, obviously this is, um, primarily like a home renovation show, right? And this is Jeff's like bread and butter. Um, but you're getting that glimpse back into his like personal life and you're getting some of like the old cast members that you saw like on Flipping Out. Um, you're getting to see new people, but you're getting a little glimpse in that personal life. And I think that's what people love about Jeff is getting to see the behind the scenes. So I think that's why this show just is doing so well and people are so excited about it. It's kind of got that perfect balance of like the home reno, the big celebrity part of the home reno and then also like the personal life balance. No, I mean, it's a perfectly kind of orchestrated show for that reason. I think that's why we love Jeff so much because he 
kind of has no filter and he allows us into his home. I mean, we know everything about him. I feel like just from listening with his legal battles, with his ex, his ex and his kids and all the stuff that he goes through with the dog and the, you know, his home. And I love seeing like that we can um, finally get into the house that he purchased in Hancock Park that he's been talking about forever. That house is insane, by the way. Um, But it's just a really, so far, so good. It looks so good and it's shot so beautifully. So you clearly have done an amazing job. Did you do season one or is this your first season? This is my first season. I did not do season one. Um, But there was so much excitement about season one and I kind of just wanted to build off of that. Um, So we, we wanted to elevate it a little bit, like make it look a little bit you know, a little more premium. Um, obviously, because of how well the season one did, we like the celebrity value of the show for season two, like was up. I mean, we have some huge names um, this season, which is really, really fun. Um, so yeah, I think overall, we just wanted to build off of like the success of season one, which I, I so, really we did. So let's talk about like the celebrity. So far, we've been introduced to Gina Rodriguez and Josh Dumel, and who else? I can't remember off the top. Anthony Anderson, of course. Sorry. Sarah Foster. David Foster. Sarah Foster. I love Sarah Foster so much. Hilarious. Hilarious. And then tell us who else is in the season, or are you not allowed to announce no, yeah. it? The full cast has been announced. So we have, like, Christina Ricci, which is, like, mm-hmm. an amazing get. Um, Huge. Story. Um, we have Cynthia Bailey, so going back to some Bravo stuff. We have um, Noah Beck, who's, like – the biggest like influencer out there right now. Um, just like young, hot influencer. How um, old is Noah back? And how do they have so much money? Um, how so does he, he do it? Noah's like one of the biggest stars on TikTok. I mean, he's got millions and millions and millions of followers on TikTok. Um, so, and he's probably, I think he's like 22 or 23. He's young. And does he have any idea about design? Like, did he get along with Jeff? He actually, he did get along with Jeff and Jeff really liked him because he's, he has an interest in design. Um, so okay. he, so Jeff got to like go in there and they had fun because Jeff likes when somebody's really hands-on and like wants to participate in the process. And that was definitely Noah. He wanted to like, he had this very much like this vision for his like bachelor pad, like place that he got in West Hollywood. And so Jeff um, loved that and was able to work with that. And they spent a lot of time together actually. Oh, so, cool. Yeah. Um, we have Reggie Bush, the the football superstar. Um, Most people know him as uh, Kim Kardashian's co-star. Yes, <laughs> Kim Kardashian's um, ex. Who, um, yeah, he had, like his story is really funny because his house is insane and it's done and it's amazing and you'll see when you watch the show. Um, is it out like in the Calabasas area? It's in Encino in area. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's amazing. Um, who else do we have? We have um, Kate Bosworth. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, which is, she's awesome, and her house is stunning. Can't wait for you guys to see that transformation. Um, I know I'm forgetting people. It's just a, it's a, it's an amazing cast. So, like, give us a little bit of, you know, the tea of how you get these cast members to sign on. Is it like you're approaching people, or are they, you know, randomly reaching out to Jeff saying they want his help? Like, how does it work? Well, we have a, we have an amazing casting team that takes care of all that, but, like, I think the success of season one, like people saw it and they were like super excited about it. And, you know, people are interested in having Jeff come and do redo something in their house. And it's, you know, there's, uh, there's excitement about that because they love Jeff's work. Um, also, um, I think that like 
there's word of mouth. So some celebrities are talking, like there was a lot of connection from previous celebrities that Jeff's worked with that were like, oh, we want to do this. Um, I know like even for season three, there's already some really big names that are already like reaching out and they're like, hey, we'd be interested in doing this. Like huge, huge names that I can't reveal yet, but amazing, amazing gets if there is a season three. So yeah, it's kind of like this mix, but we have a great casting team that takes care of it. Um, But we're all like, Super, super excited about this cast. Like the, the names are just so big. It's just so It's fun. awesome. Yeah, you know, Mira Sorvino was on season one, now that I think about it, and she was at Dancing with the Stars last night. And oh. I totally recognized her because she was the season, right? And she mm-hmm. I recognized her husband from the show. Remember that like tall guy with the hat or whatever? Mm-hmm. It's it's funny to go back. I I watched the first season of Hollywood House Lift when I was sick with COVID back in like 2022. All, I watched it all in like three days. You know, when you're laying in bed and you have nothing else. So for some reason, it just gives me such a sense of like comfort and warm. It was like chicken soup for the soul was oh. watching Jeff Lewis like get annoyed with celebrities. It was yeah. the best. It's kind of the perfect blend of everything. Like you said, it's kind of like it, you get that fun home rental stuff. So you're getting to see that. You get the celebrity aspect, which is like the peek behind the curtain in their homes, which I will say there are times where I'm shocked that like celebrities are letting us in their homes because like, for example, Josh Duhamel's project took, I think it took like four months. So we're, we're in his house like almost every day for four months. And that's like a big ask to ask a celebrity like, Hey, can we come into your private life for four months at a time? And just like, we're in his bedroom or in his bathroom or in his closet. Like we're, I would know. be in his bedroom. I'll take it. I'll go. Oh, everybody was. Very excited to be in his bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> Megan was. I know Megan all, all was. All the girls and gay boys were very excited to be there. Um, let me ask you, do, in terms of production, because construction is so annoying anyway as a person that just like has to get a room redone in their house. I imagine having construction, but then also production and camera crew and everyone coming in there. How do you work that out? Like, are you guys just stopping in every week to kind of see, or you're not there every day during construction? There's no way. So we kind of like, you know, this is a long process, like a normal, like, let's say like my past, like I've done housewife shows and we shoot for like three or four months um, and usually like 12 weeks to get a season on this show. We, we shot over like eight and a half months. So we're oh my God. the whole process and really we kind of just follow Jeff and Jeff is super, super hands-on with all of his clients. So there's days where we're literally going from like, Josh Dumas to Christina Ricci's to Anthony Anderson's to Regina Hall's like we're just stopping at everybody's house so we're just kind of like following him um but he's so so hands-on that literally we're there I would say we're in everybody's house probably like three or four times a week oh my gosh mm-hmm. so it's good that everyone lives well most of them live it's all LA right but there was something about East Coast it's all a little it is all LA it's a little spread out like Gina Rodriguez lived down kind of by the airport um mm. Kate Bosworth lived way out in like Pasadena area um a lot of like Encino Sherman Oaks folks um Anthony's in Encino so there was mm-hmm. a lot of driving um which you know we have to time it right because Jeff's very busy obviously he has radio every morning and then he's got Monroe and you know he's got a, he likes to be home when she's home from school so we, we squeeze a lot into a little bit of time and we're driving all over the place um, and this is not like a for TV. Jeff is really hands on with the the design and everything, right? Like he's not just pretending. No, he's very very hands on with all the clients. And even times when like there's days where we're not shooting, but he's still going to clients' house to check to check in on everything. 
So yeah, he's very, very hands-on and not at all just for camera, which I was kind of surprised about. I thought, you know, he's a, he's a huge name. And so I thought um, coming into this, there's, it's going to be a little bit of producing of like getting him to go and like talk with the clients. It's complete opposite. Like he's like telling us, he's calling us and being like, today I need to go here, here, and here. Come follow me. Wow. So you guys are kind of, and most, most reality show production schedules just from, you know, knowing with my husband doing that, like it's very, very set up, you know, Mm -hmm. they know exactly where they're going to be from what time to what time and what the scene is going to be about. And you kind of have a general idea, but because of construction drama or, you know, a water uh, pipe bursts or something, and then you have to go somewhere, everything's a little bit more up in the air, I bet. That's part of the challenge of the show is like, you know, on other shows like Housewives, you're setting up scenes, you know, like, okay, today we're going to go here and we're going to shoot this lunch between these cast members. This, you can't really do that here because you never know. It's like, it's construction. So there's different stuff happening every day. Um, It's a little more what we call run and gun. So you're just kind of like picking up cameras and going and following Jeff and wherever he's going. Um, You know, like reveal days, those are kind of scheduled. We know our shopping days, days. shopping days. Um, But it's a puzzle because you're dealing with Jeff's schedule. You're dealing with all the construction that's happening. You're dealing with huge celebrities and their schedules. They're de- you're dealing with their teams and trying to put everything together. And so it's a it's definitely a challenging show, and especially since we shoot over so long. Um, but that's kind of that's kind of why we love it. That's the fun part is the, figuring out the puzzle and putting it all together. That sounds like my personal hell, figuring out that puzzle, but the fact that you guys do it so seamlessly. But this is not your first foray, obviously, into reality TV. So you've been doing this forever. No offense. You're young. You look very young and very handsome, by the way. If you guys are just listening to the audio version, you may want to tune into the YouTube because Michael Beck is a hottie. Just saying. Look at this thumbs up that just came up. Oh, thank you. What was that? The, 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 the computer agreed. He's like, yes, yes, Michael is good looking. So, um, Michael, so you have, when we went to drinks that night, you told me a lot about what you've done in the past. So do you mind listing some of the shows that you've worked on over the years? Yeah. Well, so I really started my career at Bravo. Um, I started my career season one. I was a production assistant on um, Married to Medicine, season one of Married to Medicine. So, Oh my God. Three seasons of that, um, like in different capacities, and then came back to showrun at seasons eight and nine. Um, so that's kind of like my, like, that's my, like, my show. I love that cast and that show. Um, but I've also done like Real Housewives of Atlanta, Real Housewives of Miami, Real Housewives of New York, Real Housewives of Dallas, um, Southern Charm, Southern Charm Savannah. Um, I just, most recently, I did a show with the, uh, the Bradshaw Bunch with um, Terry Bradshaw and his family. Ooh. Um, I've kind of been in the game for a minute. I, I'm, I may look young, which I thank you, but I don't really am because these shows like literally make you want to crawl into a grave sometimes. <laughs> but yeah. I can only imagine while we were sitting there, I remember um, the showrunners of Million Dollar Listing and Real Houses of Beverly Hills, we're like meeting for a drink too. And I think you guys like can all share this mm-hmm. overall like gratitude for what you guys do and also like what the hell are we doing? Mm-hmm. We're right? all pay afloat sometimes. Yeah. It's a it's a crazy business. Um and it's a lot of work. Like I know, you know, Lance works crazy hours. We work super, super hard. Um yeah. but it's fun. It's like it's exciting and people are if we're part of the zeitgeist, you know, like we're part of like pop culture and what people are talking about. 
I think that's why it's been so fun to work with the talent that I worked with and on the shows that I worked on because like there's not many things that you want to do in life where you want to put in like you know 80 hours a week and don't sleep and um, are stressed all the time but there is some reward in it like the, the the shows that we make are just they're fun and they're people are talking about them. So I remember when we sat and had drinks, you told me about one of the most iconic. Um, well, you were on New York, Real Housewives of New York, during some like crazy iconic scenes. Mm-hmm. And one of them was the trip to Cartagena, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. With the boat. Remember oh. the boat almost capsizing? Oh, I remember, clearly. <laughs> <laughs> Do you still wake up at night? <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was a tough, that was a tough, um, tough day for sure. So just to remind you guys, what season was that of New York? Do you remember? Season 10. 10? Yeah. So it was Dorinda and Tinsley and and Ramona and Sonia. Remember, like, Sonia was peeing or Ramona? Someone was peeing in their pants. I think think Sonia was peeing on the boat. Ramona was crying because she can't swim, and so she thought the boat was going to capsize. Carol was in the back. I don't know if you guys remember. She was, like, in the back of the boat throwing up, and her and Bethany had, like, fallen out at the time so they weren't friends but bethany was the only one that like went out on the boat to like bring her a, a bucket to puke and it was it was wild that was a wild there was a there was a moment where all of us looked at each other like this 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 could be the end for us like this boat could flip um it was that close uh, and got- you kept the cameras up though that's the craziest part like i wouldn't know how to react to that i would just be like f this job like hold on for my life we did as much as we could. There was a point where we were like, it was so far that we're like, okay, the cameras have to go down because they were just, the boat was just going so crazy. Um, but then, you know, producers are creative and I think some camera phones came out. And so I think we used a lot of iPhone footage from that because that was the only thing we could do at the time. You got to get the shot. I mean, it's it was such an iconic moment in like the Real Housewives of New York um, history that that boat ride, and I just remember you telling me some things. I'll keep it under uh, under secret, you know, vault. But it was it was really really cool to hear your perspective. And then also, you were there the day of the Jill and Bethany funeral scene. Mm-hmm. I was. Yeah. So was we actually, don't. I was the only producer that was there. Actually, I was there yeah. for the whole thing, and that was. Um, you know, I don't. I don't want to start beef with anybody, but there's no. there's a couple sides to the truth of that day. Um, I think Andy's already talked about it. Like we were definitely invited to be there, and um, mm-hmm. people were very aware that we were there. And we weren't just like there weren't just like paparazzi cameras. There were like the huge cameras that we used to shoot the show. Um, they were there the whole time, so people were very aware that we were there and that we were filming. And also, I feel like. Just, you know, knowing the way camera crews are or crews in general, like, you know, your people, right? I've heard Kyle Richards talk about this so much about the crew of Beverly Hills. Like she feels Mm -hmm. like their family. They've been in her house. They've kind of grown up with her. I imagine if you see someone that, you know, behind a camera of a show that you used to be on, you'd be like, oh, we're shooting the show. Like you put it together. (laughs) Yeah. I think, and that crew has been there for a long time. It's been the same crew for a long time. And so, um, they definitely knew. I think probably looking back, certain cast members were like, ooh, that's probably not a great look filming at a funeral. And so maybe they were trying to like retract a little bit, but unfortunately there's receipts. So, mm-hmm. yeah. What about like, what would you say is the most, um, you know, the best experience 
prior to, of course, of course, Hollywood house lift. Cause I'll still ask you some questions about Jeff, but prior, what would you say is like the best experience you had on a show? Do you remember like loving the way a show was kind of working out and going? Um, God, they all have like, their like, they all have their like really, really good moments and they all have their like hard moments. Um, what am I most proud of? I know people talk about this show a lot, but I, I think married to medicine, married to medicine um, is really underrated and doesn't get like the props that it deserves. I think it's like one of Bravo's very best shows with a cast that's been intact for like 10 seasons. And that's, wow. that's unheard of. That doesn't really happen. Um, so th- what I, one moment that I'm like super proud of on that show is that um, these are like real life doctors and doctor's wives and people going through like the people that are on the front lines. And we shot that show during COVID. Um, and it was not only was it COVID, but it's, it's an all black cast as well. And it was happening during Black yeah. Lives Matter. And so it was like, they're like in the streets, like marching for Black Lives Matter, but then they're also like dealing with COVID. And we did, um, we filmed at the March on Washington and in DC. And it was like over a hundred thousand people in the middle of COVID that were like obviously so passionate and like standing up for their rights. And they were being, they were there for a purpose, but also, you know, our whole mission was to like make sure everybody was safe. Cause it's like, we're in the middle of COVID. So yeah, that, um, there's some moments from that show that I'm just super, super proud of. They're like, I think, Sometimes they like go beyond entertainment and they're actually like, you know, they penetrate like part of like, you know, the culture. And I think that that show does a really, really good job of that. Um, So everyone's been telling me that's the one show that I've never, ever watched. I never did. And my um, audience on my Facebook group keeps telling me like, Donna, you're sleeping on Married to Medicine. Like you have to. So if I were to watch it, there's no way I can do 10 seasons. So what season, like, can you give me a, like a starting point that I will understand what's happening right now? I think you, okay, this is what I would say. Go back to season one, watch season one, and then tell me that you can't do 10 seasons. Because I think God dang like, it. it's a show that you're literally going to be like, you know, why did I miss this? Like, and I okay. think that, I think that to, to be honest, like, I don't think, in, in my opinion, I don't think Bravo expected it to be such a, like, the, the, the show that it is. And so I think that in the beginning, they were like, okay, we're going to put the show, we'll put it behind like Real Hot of Atlanta and hopefully, you know, it carries some of the audience. And it just kind of became this like sleeper hit of a show that's just like the audience loves. They love. Yeah. It could grow for sure. But there's an audience there, like a core audience that like rides for that show really hard. No. And, and people are really excited about Phaedra joining this season. Mm-hmm. Do, yeah. you, do you like that addition? Yeah, actually, I kind of had a hand in that a little bit. Like, so, okay. yeah, so I did season nine and I was talking to the producers of the owners of that production company about season 10 and um, actually had to make a pretty difficult choice between going back to that show or doing Hollywood House Lift. And um, I was really excited to just try something different and I was excited to work with Jeff. So I did choose Hollywood House Lift, but um, I had worked with Phaedra before on Real House of Atlanta. And we knew from Girls Trip that she was dating a doctor. So <sighs> I had made a call and was like, hey, do you have any interest? And she was like, yeah, maybe. So then I connected them and then they, um, it all worked out. And she's actually, she's doing really good on the show. She's fun. Yeah, she's getting a lot of uh, chatter about her. And you're, the fact that you had something to do with it, like, that's so cool. I feel like you've just worked in this so, for so long that you have, it's more so that like, you just know what will make good TV. You're like, mm-hmm. this is going to make 
amazing TV. Is there anything else that you remember like in all your years of Atlanta or all these other shows that you just remember being like, I can't believe I'm here for this moment. This is crazy. Like what is happening? I know this is like a last minute question for you. I didn't give you time to prepare, but. No, there's like, there, I mean, there's so many moments. Um, God, like, so I did season 10. I did season eight and 10 of Real Housewives of Atlanta. Um, and season eight was when Nini had been gone for a little bit and she made her yeah. comeback and she surprised the whole cast in Jamaica. Um, and that was like a, a huge moment just to have Nini come back and people were really, really excited about that. And then season 10, I think season 10 might have been her like farewell season again. So to be there for both the closet. Yeah. The, was season 10 or season 11 was the closet. Um, but yeah, so to see kind of a little evolution there, I think people, you know, people love well, me. And that reminds me because like right now, currently, you know, this year has been this crazy year and that's how you and I met. We're in the comment section on a Bethany post, mm -hmm. which is kind of funny. Um, but you've worked with Bethany, you've worked yeah. with Nini, you've worked with so many of these people that are, you know, in this world of former or current housewives mm -hmm. uh, without getting too deep or crazy into it. Like what did the reality reckoning conversation kind of like trigger in you? What did it make you feel when Bethany started talking about it? To me, reality reckoning is actually two parts. There's the part that like the article that just came out was like talking about like the, from the women's perspective, and then there's the actual like unionization. There's the like um, the producers and the treatment of producers and cast and all that. So those are two different things for me. And I think the problem is I think they're getting combined. Mm -hmm. And like, you know, from the cast perspective, um, in my opinion, I think that sometimes what sometimes what makes a really, really good reality cast member is somebody who is not self-aware and who doesn't accept responsibility. But when it bleeds out into real life, they're not accepting, like, you know, you can, nobody's forcing these women to drink. Nobody's forcing these women to, you know, do anything they don't want to do. Nobody's editing words into their mouth. They're all coming out of their actual mouth. So that part, I have a hard time buying into because I'm like, you're not really accepting any responsibility for bad decisions that you've made. Um, and that's just part of the nature of the show. Now, the other part, like, sure, we work crazy, crazy hours we don't get residuals. The cast don't get residuals for their shows being sold internationally or for being replayed and replayed. I don't think that's fair for sure. I think, you know, there's long been talks about creating some sort of, you know, reality union. We don't have one, even like for as producers, like the producers guild, like doesn't even like, there's no insurance for us. They don't provide any of that. So there's definitely a conversation to be had there and what that looks like um, in terms of unionizing or just even like, safety just safety on set mm -hmm. taking care of casting care of producers that's the, that conversation can definitely be had but i think it's two very separate things and i think they're just getting combined which i don't think is the right way to approach it and there's certain people that are the face of the reality reckoning that i think are probably not the best people to be the face of you know the fight there's other well, because... other cast members who who can separate the two and who think that there's the, the cast side is a little like overblown, but who also understand the, like the residuals and, you know, the, the, the safety and the unionization. So there are cast members who would be, I think a better fit to be the face mm -hmm. um, that just haven't come forward yet. And I think, 
a lot of the reason is from just a outsider's perspective, kind of looking in, I think it's kind of felt almost like the whole point of the, you know, what you're saying about residuals and union and health benefits and protection, so important and the primary thing. But when you talk about all the other things and it does feel, I'm just going to say it, you don't have to say it, but Bethany Frankel, you know, really speaking out, it does feel a little bit like a personal attack towards Andy Cohen, just from everything that I've read. There's so many stories of people being kind of mistreated on Love is Blind, for example, or in a Netflix production or, you know, all these different shows. Why are we only talking about Bravo? It's Bravo, 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 fucking Bravo. Like that's all it is. So it does, it pulls the attention away from the important issues. No? Yeah, I agree. And I also think that I'll be curious to see how it plays out because also there have been times where certain networks have tried to like stifle producers and the people that work on these shows from speaking up about anything. And Mm. I think that if anything, the people that get the brunt of a lot of the stuff are people that work behind the scenes, whether it's, you know, producers or production management people or camera people or audio people, they take a lot of the shit. And mm-hmm. I think that like, that's somehow at some point more of that is going to come to light and less from these cast members who audiences I think aren't like, they don't want to feel as bad for a Bethany Frankel who made hundreds of millions of dollars off of reality TV and then wants to like complain about the fight they have that better, you know? No, no. I mean, I think we're too busy watching her, you know, eat her breakfast bagels mm-hmm. and telling people to fight her for mm-hmm. her cottage cheese obsession. Mm-hmm. Um, she's an entertaining one, I have to say. Like, she's really given us a lot this year. And Nini, she and Nini kind of had this big conversation, which was so interesting, I thought, because I felt like Bethany was like trying to get Nini to just completely shit all over her experience. And she was like, no, the bridge hasn't been burned. I'm open. And then all of a sudden, um, you know, I think there's like a little bit, do you think there's a way that Nini ends up back on Bravo? I think anything can happen always. I have no clue. I haven't heard anything. I haven't asked, um, but anything can happen. I, th- I saw something that somebody said, listen, Bravo is a business and they're in the business of making money and they're going to do what's best to make money. And people want to see Nini leaks. Like, you know, I, I think, you know, sometimes people cross a line for sure where they don't deserve to have that back. But I will say this, people want to see her. And I would assume that there's always going to be an opportunity for her somewhere in that world. So you mentioned, you mentioned what makes a really good housewife and you said there's, they lack self-awareness. They Mm -hmm. lack the ability to take accountability. They lack the ability to, um, yeah, take accountability, take responsibility. And they're usually like the victim always rather Mm -hmm. than the, you know, okay, yes, this was me. I did it. You know, that being said, where does Jeff Lewis fall into this? Do you think Jeff Lewis lacks self-awareness? I think Jeff's actually very self-aware. I think that's what I do too. Successful. Um, I think crazy enough, I think Jeff Lewis is one of the smartest reality television characters out there. I think he's been able to, he knows who he is. He knows his brand. He he also is, knows when he's gone too far and he has to pull it back or he has to apologize or, or buy some orchids. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I think he's actually very self-aware. I think there's very few people like, um, that that kind of have that. And I think when you think of like a Kim Kardashian who knows herself so well and she's willing to put everything out there 
Jeff is very similar in that way. I think that's what makes him so successful. And even as he's left Bravo and, you know, done other projects and now he's at Freebie, um, he's been able to like maintain this like huge following and this huge brand and people, people love him. Or like I said, they love to hate him, but at the end of the day, they're still like watching, like, you know, there's all these like Facebook groups, these Jeff Lewis Facebook groups, or if you read the comments from his Instagram, people, even the people that are like constantly negative about him, they still know what's happening on the show. They know what's happening in his life. They're listening to the radio. They're watching Hollywood house lift. So, um, something about it is magic. So what do you think it is about Jeff Lewis? Because I've been told this, there's, there's people that follow me that are huge, you know, they consider themselves chumps and they love being part of the Jeff community and they get him. Like they really feel like they understand who he is and they just accept him. And then there's the people on the other side that are like, wait, why is someone like a Jeff Lewis able to get away with saying whatever the hell he wants? Is it because he's a man? Is it because this or that? They feel like there's almost this, um, unfair thing that Jeff can kind of, cause like remember at the opening of the BravoCon panel when with ask Andy, how he mm. just kind of, he has a little bit of diarrhea of the mouth and I love it so much. It's so entertaining, but I'm never offended by it. Obviously it's not against me. If it was against me, maybe I would be, mm. but, yeah. um, oh my, <laughs> do you see the, yeah. the fireworks are going out? I got fireworks for that. <laughs> um, do you think, is there a way like, why is Jeff almost like uncancelable for anything he's ever done? It's amazing. Well, it's, I think it's a couple of reasons. Like, I think sometimes he's saying what everybody's thinking and yeah. nobody else wants to say it. And and yeah. for reasons, like, you know, people don't want to hurt people's feelings or people don't want to like, you know, get in trouble. But when he says it, you're like, oh, thank God somebody said it. You know what I mean? Because it's what we're all thinking. Um, so I think that's part of it. I also think that he's, he's kind of unapologetically himself and you can't help but respect somebody like that. Like whether they're saying something that's like hurtful or wrong or whatever, at least he owns it. And viewers like to watch people that like, they're just themselves no matter what, like that's just who he is and he's going to do it and he's going to say it and you kind of just take it. Plus he's hilarious. I think people love to laugh with him and he can laugh at himself um, so I think that's, that's actually a huge part about it. I think it's the, the, like, he doesn't take himself so seriously. Mm-hmm. He has like a really strong way of being able to say like, I'm an idiot or I messed up or I went too far. or I'm a Jeffrey now, you know, like yeah. that part is almost like you don't see that a lot with reality stars. Yeah, you don't. And he also has like these, this weird, like, endearing part of him like this part that you're like he's like such a great dad and he takes care like you only see certain parts of him as a boss but he takes care of the people that work for him so well like he's the amount of money that that man puts out that you don't even see that he's just taking care of people or he's paying for people or like you know i think um his way has been out for a while and i think he still takes care of her i know um, for him right now so like He's super, super generous, super, super caring, super endearing. And he, in his Jeff way, he's very, very loving. And so um, I think that kind of those redeeming qualities about him, people start to see it a little bit. And they're like, oh, he's even though he can be a little brash sometimes or he can go a little too far once in a while. He, there's a, something about him that's like super, super lovable. And I think that's why the people that love to hate him still come back because when you don't have that likability, even if like they do things wrong, because there are times where Jeff does go too far and I'm listening. I'm like, ouch, ouch. Why did you do that? But, 
but I come back because you're right. Like the balance, there's such a balance. It's not like all bad and he's moody and he, you know it. You're like, oh, Jeff is in a mood today. You can feel it. Whereas sometimes he comes in and he's like laughing. I'm sure that was the same way in production, right? Like when you were shooting. Yeah. It's part of the fun of my job is um, (laughs) judging every day what Jeff's coming in like. Did you say fun? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it's the fun part. You get to kind of like go, oh, okay, he's in the mood today. How are we going to navigate this? Or he's having so much fun today. Like, let's make the most of this. Um, And you see it when he's with the cast. Like, um, there's not many people that will talk to celebrities the way he talks to celebrities. Like, there's this, like, tiptoeing around this talent thing. And then a lot of people have, like, handlers who are, like, kind of on the side handling them. Jeff doesn't care. He's going to come in. He's going to be authentically himself. He's going to tell you what he thinks. Um, And... I think because celebrities don't get talked to like that, what makes this show do so well is that they love that. They love, like, you'll see Christina reaching him have developed, like, this crazy friendship because he says this crazy shit to her and she just laughs it off or she can give it back to him. And that's actually what makes a lot of the people on this show really good is the people that, like, not only take what he says, but they give it right back to him and play with him. And when he gets that, when somebody talks shit to him, he gets so excited that somebody's willing to play ball with him that he's just going to go. Him and Sarah, yeah. they had a great, great relationship so because she's hilarious and she's just like, you're not going to talk to me like that because, you know, whatever, your threading today looks a little tight or your Botox or your spray tan. And he loves it. He thinks it's hilarious. Yeah, he can take it. There's no question. He can definitely take it and also give it. And that sounds sexual, but it's not. It's just... Mm-hmm. A conversation about personalities. Um, I feel like I feel like this is, uh, you know, going to be a really, really great season. Do you have any? Oh, were you part of Chump Camp? Did you show up to Chump Camp, or did you work Chump Camp that day? I can't remember. We, we filmed it. Um, I yeah. wasn't there that day. I, unfortunately, I had I was out of town for a wedding, but we filmed it. I um, I don't know. I'll, I don't know yet how much of it's going to be in the show, um, but the Chump. Chumps in general are a big part of his life and a big part of the show. So you'll see a lot of chumps on the show. Oh my gosh. I'm so excited to kind of see it all come to life. And then um, you mentioned season three. You didn't green light. We didn't get the the green light, but I'm sure there's going to be a season three. There's no way. Like, I I don't know numbers on Sirius Radio. I don't understand like what makes a good number or whatever. But the fact that, you know, I think Jeff Lewis probably – has such a huge audience. I think people follow him wherever he goes. They just love him. So I imagine the numbers are going to do great. I think he does really, really well in Sirius. And I think he does really, really well for Freebie. I don't know numbers, but I know that like, if you, even if you just go onto like Freebie Instagram and you see like, you know, when a Jeff Lewis post comes up, like he's got a huge following and he's got fans that want to see him. So I don't know anything about a season three. I hope there'll be season three. I personally think that this season is so good and so fun and like just exactly what we want it to be that I think it would be crazy not to have a season three. I agree. So Michael, um, so to watch the show, you just need to download the app, right? It's a free app. Yeah. yeah it's a free freebie. app. Amazon freebie. You can download it. Um, you, I think you can also see it on Amazon prime if you wanted to. So I think it's it both- came up on prime for me. Yeah. So you can see it on both platforms, but it's definitely a freebie show. Um, so check it out on Amazon Freebie. I think okay, so I'm Freebie and then... Megan, I what? could be wrong, but I think you get, get... It's commercial free on Freebie, I think. I could be wrong. We'll find out. Yeah. Oh, it's not. Okay, limited <laughs> ads. Got it. Limited ads. On Jeff, 
a fresh commercial um, that you get to see. <laughs> <laughs> but on radio, you, he because he's not Jeff is not good with anything scripted. He's not good with anything. Okay. He's not good with you telling him something. Um, so he actually shot like a commercial for one of the advertisers, and he talked about it on radio and how bad he was. And so now you get to see that when you watch the show. Wasn't it like it was tied? No, it's what was it? Fresh. It's a fresh. Oh, Amazon Fresh. No, okay, I can't wait to see it. Yeah, you got to watch it. It's it's hilarious. So you said it's every Wednesday at what what time does it drop? I think it drops. I think it just drops in the morning. I just think in the morning, like first yeah. thing in the morning. Yeah. Maybe Start probably. your day with Jeff Lewis and Hollywood House Live season two. And Michael, what about you? Like what's on deck for you? Where can people find you if they just want to follow you or kind of see what's going on with you? Yeah, you can um, follow me on Instagram at Michael Beck. Um, also, you can, um, my production company is Bishop Peak Productions on Instagram. Um, we'll see what's coming up. I have a bunch of shows in the works. Um, maybe a season three, if it happens, I would love to come back. Um, I have some, my own stuff, some shows that I've been developing and, um, that are in the works right now. So I'm super excited about that. So just check out my socials and I'll, I'll be posting. Yay. Well, Michael, thank you so much for being here. And I know our audience will love hearing the, the dirt on the Hollywood house lived, all of that. So you guys tune in. Thank you, Michael. Talk to you soon. Thanks for having me. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC.